Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. And welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 398 for the first of Tevis in a regular year. Once again, happy Rosh Chodesh. It's the second day of Rosh Chodesh Tevis today. And I hope that you are having a nice Rosh Chodesh and a, and uh, we'll have a great month. Um, so t- yeah, so today I want to talk about our basic needs. It's commonly understood in the worlds of psychology and just the world at large that our basic needs fundamentally are food, clothing, and shelter right? That's probably all heard that idea. Now, interestingly enough, Hasidus actually talks about these these three basic needs as well. Um, but in kind of uh, Hasidic terminology, the verbiage for them is that food is considered to be something that is pnimi, that is internal. It's something you ingest and becomes part of who you are. Whereas clothing and shelter are considered to be makifim, uh, encompassing things, things that surround a person. There is the makif harachok, which is the the far makif, the far the the like further away encompassing light, which is more likened to a house. And then there's the makif hakarov, which is like a more near encompassing one that's more tailor made to you, and that would be considered more like clothing. So. We've already been speaking about clothing quite a bit. If you've been following along in this podcast and talking about how clothing makes the man, uh, what we wear really defines who we are and how spiritually speaking, our clothes are our thought, speech, and action. And uh, specifically, this is so in relation to the mitzvahs that we do because we know that the mitzvahs that Hashem gave us are God's clothing. And so by us performing these mitzvahs and us engaging in Torah study, we actually um, wear God's clothing, so to speak, and we become clothed in God's light. So this is all nice and good, but what about food? Where do we get our su- our spiritual sustenance from? So this is where Torah study comes in, not just Torah study in like just like reading Torah, like you say the Shema at night or something like that, or just reading some type of the Torah by rote. Let's say if you say daily chitas, you know, those of you that are familiar with the Chabad custom that we say Chomesh Tehillim and Tanya every day, a portion of Chomesh Tehillim and Tanya every day. So just saying it by rote, you know, there is a power in that saying it by rote. But yet um, there's something much more profound. And as we'll see food like in actually learning these subjects properly, learning to our in-depth, it's something separate than that, which hopefully we're doing, by the way, in, in this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, that's sort of the idea is that we're taking this daily Tanya portions and we're not just saying them by rote, but we're actually getting into these ideas and hopefully coming to understand them. 
So the subject of today's episode, which is going to be the conclusion of chapter five of Likutei Amarim, is all about this idea, this link between Torah study and food and spiritual sustenance and nourishment. So the reasoning for this is that just like food, like physical food, you, you know, you chew it, you ingest it, and then it becomes part of your flesh and blood. So too is Torah study. If, if you really get into Torah study in a real way where you really come to grasp the subjects, then this Torah study becomes a part of you. It becomes ingested within you. And it's actually, interestingly, perhaps ironically, due to the subjective nature of your intellect and the subjectivity involved in Torah study, that this happens. On the one hand, we can think of our subjective minds as being kind of like a detriment to us that whatever, you know, when it comes to mitzvahs, for example, anybody who lights Shabbos candles, anybody who puts on tefillin, it's like, it's not going to be that different. We're all doing it in the same way and it uh, it connects us to God in the same fashion, right? And which is why these mitzvahs are considered to be these encompassing lights, the clothing that we wear, because, you know, you put on a certain garment of clothing, you put on a coat, it might fit one person a little bit better than the other person, but it's going to be the same coat. They're going to get that same warmth out of the coat. Versus when it comes to learning Torah, our minds are subjective. So the amount of Torah we'll learn, the the way that we'll come to understand whatever Torah that we're learning is a very subjective thing, which on the one hand is a detriment because of the subjectivity, because we're only grasping it in accordance with our minds. On the other hand, the good part about it is it's like food, because just like food that, you know, depending on how big you are, uh, how much food you can eat, what food you eat and all that stuff, depending on the mineral composition of your body, and your DNA and all that kind of stuff, uh, the different foods that you eat are going to have very different effects on your body. But it's going to be a very personal effect and it's going to become part of you, part part and parcel of your flesh and blood, which is how a Torah study works. So we started talking about this, kind of the intro to this idea is something that we spoke about yesterday in the first part of this chapter, chapter five, where we talked about grasping the ungraspable and how the way, how God essentially we know is ungraspable with our intellects, but yet God wanted us to grasp him. So the way that he did this is that he clothed himself in, he clothed his will and wisdom into the Torah, into the Torah laws, such that when we learn these Torah laws, then we're able to grasp God because it's sort of like we're hugging God the way that you would hug a person who's wearing many layers of clothing. So today we're going to delve into this a little bit more, and we're going to talk about this this uh, really unique power that's 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 there in this mitzvah of learning Torah, of of studying Torah and in with our intellects, really utilizing our intellects to the fullest capacity and focus on this Torah study. Now, the interesting thing, if you notice what I just said, I said the mitzvah of Torah study. So Torah study, while it's its own unique thing, it has its own unique power of being Torah study, it's also a mitzvah, which means that while at the same time that it it is food, as we'll see, it's also clothing. So that's what's really unique about Torah study. And that's why Torah study is likened to be like on par with all of the other mitzvahs because it's because all of the mitzvahs serve as clothing for the soul, but only Torah study has this ability to be both clothing for the soul by virtue of it being a mitzvah and also by being food for the soul. So this is how the Alter Rebbe begins the section today. Is he says that this is what's unique and what's what's really uh, the unique greatness of uh, of 
of learning Torah, specifically in Hebrew, it's Yediat Torah, the knowledge of the Torah and its understanding, its comprehensions, Hasagata. So the Hasaga and the Yedia of the Torah, these are very specific words, which mean the grasping, like the intellectual grasping and comprehension of the Torah and the knowledge of the Torah. Um, and so there's something unique about this capacity for us to know and understand Torah over all of the other practical mitzvahs even those mitzvahs that have to do with speech, even the mitzvah of, of, uh, of Talmud Torah that, uh, that happens with speech. So there's, so it's a separate thing. So there's something about speaking words of Torah that is very powerful, even if you don't understand, even if you don't uh, really have the best um, focus while you're doing that, there's something, there is a mitzvah in its own right of, of speaking words of Torah. So that's a mitzvah that's involved with speech. But what the altar is saying is that there's something unique and something even far greater about this mitzvah of, of knowing Torah that's even greater than this mitzvah of speaking words of Torah. So how so? Well, so we know that all of the mitzvahs, whether we're talking about mitzvahs that involve speech or that involved action, in all of these mitzvahs, then we know that Hashem clothes the soul and Hashem's light encompasses the soul from head to foot. But now in the mitzvah of knowing the Torah, what happens is that at that moment, so a person's mind is focused on learning Torah at that time. So yes, so Hashem's light does encompass the mind because that's that's the part that's involved with doing the mitzvah. But not only that, there's a special closeness that happens because specifically because we're talking about uh, wisdom, we're talking about God's wisdom, this, this means that God's wisdom is going to be very close to him. And the more a person um, understands this Torah concepts that they're learning, then this concept, this intellect, this Torah intellect becomes encompassed within the person's mind, person of, according to their intellect and according to their power of understanding on all the different levels of the Torah. So this is what we spoke about yesterday, that when you grasp something, whether it's a physical kind of grasping or in, uh, an intellectual type of grasping, there's two things at play. On the one hand, you are the person, you are grasping the object or the intellectual co uh, concept. So the focus is on your intellect or your hands, let's say, grasping whatever it is that you're grasping. But on the other hand, whatever it is that you're grasping is being grasped by you. So it's it's being encompassed, enveloped by you. So it's similar here in the case of Torah study. This is why there's this really deep bond that happens with between us and God's intellect in Torah study. Again, go back and listen to yesterday's episode to get a, a fuller appreciation of this if you haven't done so already. And so what happens basically, so in the case of Torah, so just to reiterate that when we really come to know Torah, then this Torah becomes clothed within the soul of a person and, um, and, and our intellects encompasses this idea. So again, so with mitzvahs, mitzvahs encompass us. Mitzvahs serve as a clothing for us. When we know Torah, Torah, because Torah is a mitzvah, then yes, the Torah encompasses our minds, but we also encompass the Torah. The Torah is within us. And this is why we can now understand why it is that Torah is called bread or food, the food of the soul. So bread, lechem in Hebrew is often, it translates to mean bread, but it really just means food in general, like sustenance basically. So this is why Torah is called the sustenance of the, of the soul because, so why is it specifically sustenance or bread? Because we know that physical food, it nourishes the body when we eat it right? And when we eat that food, then that food turns into our our blood and our flesh. It becomes one with our blood and our flesh, and it causes the circulation and digestive system to, you know, 
systems to work in our bodies. And this is what keeps us alive. This is what sustains us. And so when we apply this to Torah, so when we really come to know Torah and we come to comprehend Torah, then this Torah study that, that we have becomes one with us and it becomes sustenance for our soul. And it gives us vitality, just like physical food gives us physical vitality. This Torah study gives us spiritual vitality, especially because like who is the life force of all life force? Like the source of our vitality is God and God's will and wisdom is this Torah that we're learning. And so now we can understand um, some some uh, citations that the Altar Rebbe brings up here. One is from Tehillim chapter 40, verse 9, which where it says, which literally translates to mean your Torah is in my inner organs. So like, that's weird. Like, what do you mean Torah is in my inner organs? Now we can understand it because it, Torah really is likened to food. And also in the Itzheim, which is a Kabbalistic Sefer, in the 44th Yit and chapter 3, then it, it talks about how the souls in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden, um, their garments are the mitzvahs that they did during their lifetime. And this and the Torah that they learned, Lishma, for the sake of heaven, and we'll explore what that means soon, serves as their sustenance, as their their food. And this is mentioned, a similar idea is mentioned in the Zohar in Parshas Vayakel on page 210. Okay, so now what do we mean for its own sake, Lishma? So Lishma means, for its own sake, means that the purpose of which is in order to connect our, our souls to God. So it's like there needs to be, when we learn Torah, in order for the Torah to really be effective, the Torah study to be effective, uh, it, we need to have this um, this consciousness that we're doing it in order to connect our souls to God, to get this spiritual nourishment in this way. Person, according to the level of their intellect. And this is written about more in the pre-time as well. And now the ultra but concludes with a parenthesis where he explains that this is uh, that that this mazon, this food of the soul, the sustenance of the soul is, is considered to be an inner light, an orpnimi we call, and the we call it, and the levushim, the garments, are considered to be makifim, encompassing lights. This is we spoke about this in the introduction. And so now we can understand why it is that the sages said that learning Torah is equal in measure to all of the other mitzvahs because the mitzvahs are garments, right? So all the mitzvahs are garments and Torah study is also a garment because Torah study is also a mitzvah. And to be more specific, it's a garment for the intellectual faculties of the soul because that's the part of the soul that is engaged in Torah study. But at the same time, in addition to it being a garment, it's also food for the soul um, because the because the the Torah becomes invested within the person, which is not the case with the other mitzvahs. This isn't, this doesn't happen with the other mitzvahs. Uh, but now, and the altar says that this idea that the Torah study becomes encompassed within the person and ingested within the person, this happens all the more so when a person actually does speak these words of Torah out loud. Because, why? Because there's something about the power of speech, the breath of speech um, that happens. But like when a person is speaking, it's a form of exhale, exhale. This serves as a type of encompassing light. And this is written about more extensively in the Priyatzheim. So it's a little bit of an ex obscure kind of idea at the end there. But like the basic idea is that Torah study is a mitzvah like everything else. So it has this ability to clothe our souls, but it also is unique in the sense that it encompasses the Torah, which means that the Torah becomes the sustenance for our souls. And just that last part was just the idea that when we speak 
the words of Torah out loud, I guess it adds in that level of the encompassing light because there is something very powerful about it, that encompassing light. And we don't want to dismiss it far from that. Like right now, the altar is choosing to really focus on Torah study and the value of Torah study. But we'll see later in the Tanya, he makes a really compelling argument for the mitzvahs as being the main thing over and above Torah study. So there's sort of like different, you know, seventy faces of the Torah, different ways of looking at things. But for today, the focus really is on this idea that learning Torah is such a powerful thing because it literally serves as our food, specifically due to the subjectivity of our intellect, because the subjectivity of our intellects allow it to actually be something that we like digest, you know, it's, it's really, it's like people say like, uh, oh, I, I'm trying to digest that idea. People use that terminology and it, um, and it makes sense in this context context. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow when we move on to chapter six and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.